All right, welcome back to Small Constellation. This is Peaches Brittany, um, your host as always. Um, it's December already. Can you guys believe that? No. No. I felt like it was just Halloween. Uh, I'm still nope. living in May. <laughs> I'm still wearing my costume, if that makes any difference. But didn't you go as Adam from the Garden of Eden? hey I'm always wearing my costume when I record. <laughs> Leaf figs are all the rage right now. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Um, hi, Nick. Hello. <laughs> uh, everybody else has talked except you. I wanted to give you a special shout out. And well, it's you. done. Yeah, okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> um yeah, so it's almost uh, the end of the year. Like, you know, people are talking, doing like wrap ups and and the wrapped and then people with um, Apple Music or better than everybody else. And You mean Spotify? No. Oh, that's just or Did you not see the, the, the TikTok that Jared sent us? About yeah, the guy like that, music's pretend, like, that pretends I don't he's douchebag, pretending to be, yeah, <laughs> not not needing wrapped because he's got Apple Spotify and he just thinks he's better than everybody other than mm. than than Spotify listeners because I don't. But oh, secretly, no, I'm like I, I missed, uh, I missed not having a year in review. <laughs> um, and then Nick over there at the t- in the top one percent of listeners of doom metal. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, is different from black metal, which I now know. And yeah, and yep. death metal. Yep. And Doom death. and death are different things. Yes. They are very oh, yeah. different things. Yep, for sure. I so I want I want the sequel of Doom and I want them to call it death. <laughs> Nick, I really wish <laughs> like game. I wish your top five genres were like death metal, doom metal, show tunes, something. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, I it got close. It was uh progressive metal, then it was synthwave. Then death, doom, and folk. Okay. Yeah, folk metal. That I just imagine Bob Marley like with a folk metal. black <laughs> eyeliner, <Folk metal>. head <laughs> banging. I didn't know that uh, the retired quarterback Nick Folk went into metal music. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Anyways, so we're all here. Um. Year-end wrap-up. So, you know, we're absolutely going to... You know, that's that's the trend. Uh, we're not on TikTok, but uh, we're still going to do the trend. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the last two months of video games that have been that have come out that are only the only ones considered for 2021 Game Award nominees. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a few on there from earlier in the year, but you're right. As with most awards, it uh, I just does think seem that's like they get really interesting. Towards, like even yeah. movies, you know, like mm-hmm. when the the Oscars or Emmys or I don't follow any of those. Whenever those come out, it's like always the last like month or two of movies that come out, like. No movies from June or July. Like the summer is just like, eh, whatever. We don't care. That that was last year. It's yeah, hard to really care about an entire fall. year. What? It's hard to remember an entire year. Well, yeah, but then why do you yes. have game awards or or awards for a whole year if you can't remember the whole fucking year? That's definitely planned though, because like there's always award season where they want mm-hmm. the movies That's that true. are highly. Yeah touted for awards to be like the last thing you remember 
and like yeah. the things right. in summer are just for like we're out of school let's watch a big blockbuster like they're not made but to some of those are really stuff. good yeah you and know? they usually oh, win yeah. a lot of technical stuff but like never yeah. the big ones well and 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 that also too means that like january february are the are, are just the shit that we're, we've been working on that we want to put out but we don't want you to remember See, that's we'll probably that's when Avatar: The Last Airbender movie came out was February. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I was gonna say we'll probably get into this at some point when we're talking about the game awards. But like, one thing I noticed is like the beginning of next year seems pretty stacked to me in terms of stuff that at least I'm interested in. So I'll be curious to see what next year's game awards look looks like. But um, they're gonna take place in March. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they just decide. It's like, well, uh, year in review. Uh, we think all the good stuff's already out in uh, March. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, so if you go to thegameawards.com slash nominees, uh, you can actually vote uh for another couple days. Uh, I think the the round one starts on the ninth, and then I think there's three rounds. Is what I read. I think is how they're doing it. I'm not sure. Oh, the um, ninth is when the uh, awards are. Well, so okay, I saw something about when, that. It said you have until someday soon, a couple days from now, to to finish your vote. Anyways, just go vote if you want. Whatever. Um, <laughs> there's a fan vote aspect. <laughs> yes, there's a fan vote. Apparently, that's the first time they've done that this year. Is this year? It's it, they. They act like it's new. Uh, but whatever. Uh, um, it looks like it's weighted 90% by jury and then 10% by public vote. Uh, okay. So we're, there are 30 different categories and there's like five or six different nominees for each of these. Um, <laughs> and we're going to give you an in-depth so, breakdown on all of them. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. Um, <laughs> this is how we're going to do it. We're going to, I'm going to run through all of the categories just real quick so that we can pretend that we covered everything. And then we're just going to talk about the ones that we care about. So um, not biased at all. <laughs> uh, let's see. So like I said, 30, 30 categories. Um, game of the year. Best Game Direction, Best Narrative, Best Art Direction, Best Score and Music, Best Audio Design, uh, Best Performance Games for Impact, Best Ongoing, Best Indie. Did we lose Brandon? Can we just copy and paste the word best? uh, Moment of silence in the middle of a podcast. (laughs) We're going to win the award. What? Can you hear me? Now we can. Now we can. I never stopped talking. Like you said, you're going to say best performance, and it just went best. You were literally like best. (laughs) (laughs) It's like okay performance. I was okay. So on my screen, it. Anyways, shut the hell up. Um, (laughs) I think I was best best indie, best mobile game, best community support. Innovation in accessibility, uh, best VR ver- or slash AR, best action, best action adventure, because apparently there's a difference, mm-hmm. best role playing, best fighting, best family, uh, sim strategy, sports racing, multiplayer. I'm not saying the word best anymore because I'm tired of it. Um, <laughs> 
content creator of the year, debut indie, uh, most anticipated game. That one does not have a best. Um, esports game, esports athlete, esports team, esports coach, esports mom, esports. And I'm sorry. Um, and then best esports event. And then best most anticipated game. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what? I was just adding the best in there because we oh, needed best more of most them. anticipated game. Yep. <laughs> I told you there was no best in that one. So yeah, like I said, thirty categories plus a few if you count the the fun ones of best esports mom and dad. Um, um, a lot of some of these, a couple of these games are just like, hey, we're the best overall game. We're just gonna win categories in all of these, such as yep. what? Uh, I was about to call it a loophole. Uh, Death loop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it, it is a you're kind of looking for a loophole in a way, I guess. Um, okay, so who has played Deathloop? I've played it. Haven't finished, but have played. Yeah, I mean, it's game of the year, best game direction, best narrative, art direction, music and score, best audio design. Like, it's in performance yep yeah and then the performance that the, the mm-hmm. uh jason kelly mm-hmm. and uh ozioma akaga i'm not sorry i butchered that name completely. <laughs> yes yeah it's a but yeah, both right of them yeah i'm not quite sure how you would pronounce that uh both like yeah so yeah the first what seven categories are all death loop um mm-hmm. So, someone tell me why it deserves so many. It does have the most nominations with nine. The following, the next closest game is Ratchet and Clank with six. So clearly, it's doing something right. Uh, it, it's a continuation of how good Arcane Studios is at, at making games. Uh, it is probably their most sandboxy game a little bit less narrative focused than Mm -hmm. say prey or uh dishonored games were but uh, Um, a little bit more focused on go have fun and make and kill everything in the map yeah yeah i was was looking through these and um arcane studios i know has another game in here um i was looking i i let's see arcane nope that's uh oh best action game uh death loop has as well um sorry keep going i'll i'll find it <laughs> i was just gonna say like yeah like kind of to tack on to what nick was saying that i think one of the things that makes death loop so appealing this time of year when you're looking for a good game of the year nominee it's just arcane is a studio that's really grown and has um like they kind of bring a unique formula to the table that has kind of the best of both worlds in the sense that it's got like the big triple a production values from for a game um that you would expect but then on top of that they still somehow in this day and age they still kind of manage to maintain sort of that 
it's just kind of like unique artistic flair and style of a more indie company. Like, I don't know, it just, it feels like there's a lot of heart and soul that goes into their products, despite being just kind of in, in, if you look at it from a pure formula perspective, they're just kind of, you know, first person shooters, sandboxy kind of hitman esque type games, but they're just, they have, they, they have a lot of heart for games like that and so i think it's pretty deserving of its at least its place um here as a nominee um but uh there's there's some competition i'd say i'm like i said i'm glad to see death loop on here i'm i'm currently playing through psychonauts 2 um as well which is on i guess we can just kind of go right into game of the year but that's another one that you know kind of captures some of that same feeling um, good production values, but good focus on narrative and, you know, characters and telling kind of like a heartwarming story. And then we've got Ratchet and Clank, which is kind of a similar, similar story there. Um, I've played through some of that as well. Also have not finished. So I've got basically three of these that I have played and not yet finished, but uh, I do like them all. Didn't like the first second house come out like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, probably at least Xbox. ten years ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's up there with other mass like platforming masterpieces. Like, you know, it's up there with like Mario sixty four and Sunshine in my mind, and um, Banjo Kazooie. Like, just really some of the greats. I'd say it stands toe to toe with those. Like, I remember as a kid busting out the original Psychonauts and just being like hey, this is unique and fun. It's for those who may not be aware of the general premise, you're essentially like a, a you play as a Raz or a Rasputin, who is this little kid who was raised as an acrobat and at a very young age found out that he had psychic abilities. And so he goes to like a, in the original game, like a camp um, for psychics. And so it has kind of that fun, like summer camp vibe but with a unique setting kind of superimposed over that of like, Hey, everybody here is uh, a psychic. It's kind of like Harry Potter. It's like, <laughs> instead of wizards, it's psychics. I, and I really plus like summer camp. I really like the joke from the first psychonauts game. Uh, is, is this is how old the first game is, but uh, he ran away from the circus to join uh normal society yeah i'd forgotten about that but yeah yeah i don't know what where that started the uh, runaway from home to join the circus but they that's right (laughs) it's been around forever yep he ran away from the circuit circus (laughs) to join yep the rest of society and also you know develop his psychic powers i guess so but I don't know. Um, okay, Nick, okay, okay. So the game I was thinking of is by Anna Perna. What other game have we played recently or, or been talking about recently? That was, what, what else has Anna Perna done recently? Who? Anna Perna is the is studio. The studio? Uh, uh, they did Outer Wilds. Outer uh, Wilds. Finch. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what we were the thinking. The Solar Ash that just came out. Gorgoa. Uh, okay. Looks looks like they're the uh, they're a, a 
Are they a developer or a publisher? Because uh, I'm seeing a publisher. Lot. Okay, that makes more sense. Because yeah, I'm seeing stuff like The Pathless and uh, Maquette, and okay. uh, those would so be ones that you guys would. Games. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, I I kind of was looking at the Psychonauts. Um, I was looking at some gameplay to try to see what I wanted to do is I wanted to tr- play one of these games that I hadn't played before, you know, mm-hmm. go into one and just go, okay, this is supposed to be a really good game. Let's go in and see if it can, it can you know, tell me why it's a good game. Well, so I started kind of looking to see if the, you know, just a little bit of gameplay would make me want to buy it. Um, I've never been a Metroid person, and so I think maybe starting with Metroid Dread might be difficult, at least to really enjoy it the way that maybe it was supposed to be enjoyed. And I don't know, is it supposed to be scary? I'm not sure. It seemed maybe the other one I'm thinking of, the Metro, other Metroid game is coming out soon or was, something. But. Yeah, I was going to say, Metroid is historically not terribly scary. I mean, some of the, there's some intense moments in the 3D ones, like they yeah. can be a little kind of creepy and atmospheric, um, but um, Dread's 2D, so it's back to kind of being a classic side-scrolling shooter, so I, I don't think it'd be, uh, well, I don't know. Again, there's there's kind of a general maybe creepy tone and atmosphere, but shouldn't be anything too. Yeah, you know, I mean, in terms of, I'm not really sure what I was looking for in a game, but Psychonauts 2 was just not it. Um, In terms of just, you know, I mean, they say you can, uh, you know, I did did not give it its two cents. Um, You know, I did not give it time. It was literally just first impressions. I watched, you know, the first, I found like a, a, a video of like the first nine hours of gameplay, or maybe it was only mm-hmm. nine hours from start to finish or something. I don't remember, but it was like a nine hour long video. And I just clicked play and skipped forward when I got bored. Um, and it was what I saw was like 99% audio dialogue mm-hmm. and very little. Uh, and it seemed kind of like a, not a, a not challenging puzzle game, if that makes any sense. Like it was, you know, obstacle yes. like an obstacle game as opposed to a puzzle game. And and whenever I was in cutscenes and saw whatever his name, I don't remember what his name was, but the main character's face, mm-hmm. everything seemed so well done. And then you get to the like to his face and to his nose, and it just was. To me, it was one of those things where it was like, well, they, they tried to shade his nose differently than the rest of his body features and other characters' body features. And I just, I'm like I'm, like I'm saying, I, I did not give it enough time to really grow on me at all, and I did not play it. But in terms of for Game of the Year, that really turned me off from what I've heard about Deathloop what I've heard about uh, Ratchet and Clank and it takes two. Jared and I have played that mm-hmm. psychonauts to me is not, you know, would not get my vote. Yeah. I, and that's what I would say is like, just knowing what I know about you and kind of like the styles of game that you typically tend to prefer. Um, that makes perfect sense. Like if I were going to re- recommend some of these to you, I would, I would personally probably recommend, if you haven't played it, Ratchet and Clank or Deathloop or Psychonauts, yeah, for sure. Um, 
I mean, these are both games that I'll probably pick up when they become free. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ratchet and Clank is something that I would maybe eventually pick up just in general. Um, and I thought about playing it, you know, or buying it and playing it because I know that I would like it. I played the first one um, or the previous one. I guess not the first one, but uh, it was fun and I really enjoyed it. Um, but no, uh, Jared and I played It Takes Two. Um, can we talk about that really quick? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so It Takes Two is a another like a two person puzzle game. Um, where you know it, you have to work together to solve riddles, basically. Um, you know it. It's you know Jared and I have played several other games as well uh, in of this style. Uh, what so we started with the first one we played was uh, we were here. No, we did Operation Tango first. Operation Tango. Yeah, you're right. Um, and then uh, we were here. Um, and now we're, we've played It Takes Two. Um, the, so the the biggest difference that I've noted that I that I realized for It Takes Two. Um, so what this game is about is uh, m- mom and dad are getting a divorce. Um, kid cries on. Kid has two dolls that she made. One representing her father, one representing her mother. Um, and so she starts crying, wanting them to get back together. She cries in, over these dolls. And the next, all of a sudden, the parents wake up and they are the dolls reanimated. So it's like super Toy Story kind of feel in terms of the storyline, how, you know, it's just your toys all of a sudden. But. Um, and then you have to try to you, what you're trying to get back to your daughter essentially to see if she can help you figure out what's going on. At least that's how far we've gotten. That's the goal is to get to their daughter so she can reverse the spell or something. Um, it's a really cute idea. Um, really interesting storyline. Uh, I. Ha- have been having we we played what three hours we there yeah. are actual boss fights that you have to work together um very simplistic once you understand uh what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. um you can die sort of but you just respawn and they actually talk about the fact that hey you can't die you respawn it's weird um and so it's I I'm enjoying it um a lot and it's a pretty game. Um I'll have to see how it ends, I think, to really decide if it's game of the year worthy. Um it's nice that it's a split screen. Which is really, really different from what I what we're used to, especially with the other types of these puzzle games. Yeah, it's definitely like the the other games we played were more like the co op was designed so that you don't know what your partner is doing, so that you have to like really force that cooperation together. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, like, the cooperation's more 
hey, can you help me do this? And I can see what you're doing so I can help you out. You know, it's it's designed to be like a couch co-op. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like a family game. And so like having played the other ones, I kind of had low expectations going into it because while well, these two-player co-ops are usually pretty fun, they're not like game of the year quality most of the time. So I went in with low expectations and then like maybe thinking it was more just, you know, puzzly than actiony. There's a lot of action in this game I was not expecting and unique action. Like it's not just, Hey, we taught you how to do something co-op and now you're going to do it 400 times. Um, like the ways that the levels and the environments and your abilities evolve. Um, it's just really unique and kind of intriguing so far. Yeah. So um, the only I'm, thing no, I sorry, don't I... like about it and the reason it would not win game of the year for me is your daughter has this magic love book that <laughs> um, oh. she. You know, I've got one of those on my <laughs> shelf. I think it's called the, the Kama Sutra. <laughs> the joke we made. No, that's the joke we made. Um, <laughs> but it's like what she was like reading when she's crying over these dolls. And when it animates and it's like your guide to finding your daughter and eventually repairing your marriage. But they made him like have a giant ball sack, Peter Griffin chin. (laughs) He speaks like he's like a energetic Frenchman. No, no, no. no. He, he but he speaks Spanish. He speaks Spanish and he sounds Italian, like very, yeah, very, (laughs) yes. What? French, Italian. Yeah. I don't it's know. From so everything crazy. I'm hearing, I'm starting to think this game should win it, uh, win it all. So. Well, and I mean, plug. Um, we the first video will be out sometime in the next week or two, so you can watch our first hour of gameplay. Um, <laughs> but having low expectations and then kind of being like, "Oh, this is going to be kind of cool." The animation's a lot more advanced than I thought, and then that thing pops on the screen. I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I think it was the donkey review for that game or something, but uh, they were messing around and someone had like a basically a nail gun, and they're like, yeah, "I'm gonna shoot you with it, ah ha ha!" And then they do, and it just murders their partner mm-hmm. <laughs> by by nailing them to the wall, and um, they're like, "Oh no, this, yeah, I guess yeah, the divorce like... is finalized now." <laughs> yeah. So what you're telling me is that this is a, a suitable substitute for professional therapy, right? Yeah, and yeah, marriage absolutely. counseling. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Perfect. So the the interesting thing, like to be a little bit more serious about it, I guess, is just that. The, the 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 love book is more of like a a, a, a help like a couple's help book mm-hmm. like um you know love takes work and you know there's like a paragraph in the book that that that, that rose the the daughter reads to the dolls about you know you need to forgive each other and you need to keep trying and you can't just you know stop you have to you have to work at it and this kind of thing so like it's not actually like the Kama Sutra but like it's <laughs> you know um it's a family game but you know the way that something that jared was saying that yeah it's not just like you know it's the same mechanic that you you know like portal you have portal guns and you you know portal one i guess um you have portal guns and you have to figure out how to get this box to from this side to this side and push this button so you can get into this door 
Well, so, you know, this is spoilers. If you want to watch us play, you know, um, whatever, but um, like the first, you know, like I said, there are, there are, there are little sections and there are like boss battles. And the first boss battle is just us kind of learning the controls and we, uh, it's a vacuum cleaner that re- reanimates and it is angry at us for putting it in the shed um, forever. And so we have, we go through like a whole bunch of different, you know, tubing that we can change the, the airflow from one way to the other. And so, you know, and we do that kind of thing. And so we, we we're dealing with just pushing buttons and levers and, and aiming pipes and tubes. But then like the second one is one of us gets a, a hammerhead and the other one, other one gets nails. And so, um, you know, very different. One person has to aim the nails and throw the nails in the walls. And the other person can use the hammer to actually swing across the nails or to, to bash buttons and things that'll, you know, help their teammate get other, you know, to different places. And then it was fast forward and Jared is shooting things with honey and I'm lighting them with matches to explode things. So like there are very different, what? (laughs) And fighting squirrels. Fighting squirrels and bees. Yeah. We were literally just uh, blowing wasps up like, you know, so it was, (laughs) uh, and, and there were wasp tornadoes. Oh God. Uh, Hurricanes. I guess there would be hurricanes. So um, first there were sharknadoes, and now we has have waspicanes. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, waspicanes. So, but like it no. is. They, they are very different, <laughs> and um, you know, the the each section is is different enough. It it seems to flow well enough. Um but also be different enough that it's not just the same thing minute after minute. Um, Yeah. Level design is always fun when you get to mess with scale and dimensions. Like since you're these tiny dolls and like a giant shed basically. Yeah. That's, that's making it more and more compelling. Like hearing you guys talk about it when I get around to watching the video that you made like that, I, it, it's always nice to see in a puzzle game like that that they're not afraid to, like you said, sometimes games like that can kind of pad out their content by just recycling some of the same mechanics and ideas repeatedly and just slightly changing them. And it sounds like here they're not afraid to give you, you know, a variety of set pieces and tools and completely different almost mini game like mechanics as you're going through. So that's that's what will help kind of keep a game like that fresh for a while. So that mm-hmm. sounds yeah. Sounds cool. And not to continue this conversation for too much longer since we have a bunch of other categories to look at. But <laughs> Well, that's okay. Most of these games will be popping up again. Yeah. So. I'm surprised that It Takes Two wasn't nominated for the Accessibility Award. Because oh. like, I know some of those are kind of like helping people who are colorblind or who are maybe disabled and maybe can't use a regular controller so they have you know alternate options to play the game. But It Takes Two has a really cool thing where Brandon bought the game and I can download a free friend pass. And when he invites me, I can play the entire game for free um, because it's designed for two players. Now, 
if I wanted to say invite Evan to play with me, I would have to buy the game. But if someone else has bought it and invites you to play, you automatically get access to the game as long as you download it. Uh, which I thought was really if, cool. If you both download the free version, you can play a demo together, yeah. uh, which is just the first intro, um, which is also kind of cool. So yeah, pretty cool. And so we pretty much hit all the Game of the Year nominees. Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid, Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. And then the last one, which I was surprised had a lot of nominations across the board, Resident Evil Village. I, I'm not too surprised. Honestly, that game is really high on my radar in that I will absolutely play it at some point. And <laughs> pro- like, honestly, for me, if whenever I do get around to playing it, it probably would end up maybe being my game of the year out of these selections. I just haven't gotten to it yet. So for me, it'd be between probably Deathloop or Resident Evil. But... Resident Evil, Brandon, would be the scary one that you should probably avoid. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm the, guessing Brandon would not like that game. The only thing I know about Resident Evil Village is that there's a very tall woman that half the internet was <laughs> simping over oh, earlier yeah. this year. And she's, yeah, she's one small part face. of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's also like 11 feet tall or something. Was I was going to say, maybe, okay. maybe small is not the right adjective. She's definitely not small. <laughs> small in uh, game time, maybe not stature. <laughs> yes. Um, Nick, do you have anything that you'd like to say about Ratchet and Clank? Oh, yeah, that's your baby. Uh, it was really good. It's a... Uh... It just really shows off how good Insomniac is at making probably some of the most uh, visually impressive works you can imagine. Uh, They did the Spider-Man games uh, most recently. Uh, I I got the platinum for it. It was a pretty respectable uh, of your time for doing that. Mm-hmm. Do you but, think Insomniac uh, has like one of those Scrooge McDuck pools full of coins that they can just dive into at all times? <laughs> I kind of hope so. With uh, you would hope so for the budget for Spider-Man Two with, with <laughs> Venom and like Craven the Hunter being the two big bads, and there's going to be uh, several more, most likely. So, uh, next category, just going in order, is best game direction. Um, copy, you know, c- control C, control V, m- minus Resident Evil, add Returnal. So, Deathloop It Takes Two, Psychonauts Two, Ratchet and Clank are all here as well. Um, anything worth it? I know a couple I of you guys Returnal. played Returnal a little bit. It's yeah, that's. Yeah, that's the only thing I have to say here is like, I guess I would kind of hope that maybe that would win, seeing how it's the only <laughs> new addition to this lineup here for <laughs> best game direction. But uh, yeah, that's one that's definitely high on my, my list, too. Uh, we'll definitely enjoy playing that, I think, whenever I get around to it. Looks cool. I mean, like, Deathloop and Returnal kind of have a, a similar game design, right? Like, or like idea, right? Where it's like, in death, there is resetting and retrying a little bit, and things are different, and 
you learn more about the game. I think Returnal is maybe a little bit different than that, but it has to do with that sort of death cycle. Wouldn't Returnal yeah. be more equivalent to like Hades? Uh, yeah, bit, that's yeah. Yeah, kind of... It's less kind of sandboxy sort of careful planning and execution and more like just fast-paced almost like twin stick shooter kind of thing or like rng dungeon level yeah yeah actually yeah there's there's some dna of like a a diablo style game in there a little bit too i think category number three is best narrative so death loop it takes two and psychonauts two have also uh, carried over to this now we've got life is strange true colors and marvel's guardians of the galaxy Mm. Um, Life is Strange I want to play I watched a really good um, Video essay on it Yesterday I've uh, I've heard very good things about it Very good reviews Uh, It exists only as a narrative game Too So it has to be kind of strong In that that sense uh, Just to Have This is what the third in the series Uh I honestly right. thought True Colors was like some sort of remake, but or 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 DLC th- or something. I think it's just uh, a new new story. Okay, it's, it's just in that world. Yeah, it's the fifth game in the series, but the third main installment. Okay. okay. Yeah, I've and... had that's one I've had multiple people recommend to me to try, and I get really strong like old school like Telltale games vibes mm-hmm. from them a sense so that's yeah I, I really don't know why i haven't played it yet so i should probably get around to at least playing some of them uh, and so the, this question is going to be to nick because he's the only person that's, that's played every single one of these games that we're going to talk about today <laughs> but the guardians of the galaxy to me it seems more like having not played it much but just kind of seen some gameplay footage Seems like, hey, we should probably have Guardians of the Galaxy in one of these categories because uh, it's a good game and people are going to be mad if we don't put it in here somewhere. Where should we put it just to kind of have it here for some unknown reason? Oh, let's put it in Best Narrative. Everybody knows the story already. The, I, I would disagree with that. I think Narrative would be really the only place for it in this list. Uh I had kind of low expectations for it until I I kind of read some reviews and saw some gameplay, but the you you are familiar with the characters from the movies, but they they kind of take you through their characters in a much more uh, I guess intimate way. Uh, there's there's a great couple scenes with uh, Drax that you get to have and uh it is very much it is very competent story for what what i imagined it would be just kind of a cash in game which is nice given that drax has the most underdeveloped uh (laughs) character storytelling of those characters in the marvel cinematic universe like uh mantis in this game is probably my my favorite rendition of mantis i've I've seen, which isn't many, but yeah. uh, in this version, Mantis is basically an oracle. So she sees across different universes and different timelines, 
And so there's a few times where she's hanging out with you, with your group, and like uh, Rocket has a moment where he's he's trying to face his fears of water, and she's like, "Don't worry, all the big waters don't ever make you drown. It's the tiny puddles that do." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a dynamic that I feel lends well to um, really good storytelling, just because. <laughs> such a diverse cast of characters, but like they all come together to form this like beautiful, um, odd family dynamic. Yeah. Cause like yeah. there was a telltale guardians game that was really good too. And I think it's just the characters themselves lend to that good storytelling. I will, I will say there is one and it's a personal choice for it, but it was the best setup payoff joke. Uh, imaginable so the game starts and you get a fine uh because uh, you're caught by the space cops <laughs> and you get a chance in the game to either pay off your fine or not and with on its own is pretty funny but uh i didn't pay the fine and at the very end of the game after everything's done you're flying off and your ship gets shut down because you never paid the fine, so they just dis- disable your ship. <laughs> it's, it's just a great punchline that is set up at the very beginning of the game. <laughs> um, so we're gonna recycle a couple of a couple of these games again. Uh, Deathloop, Psychonauts, Ratchet and Clank ripped apart are back for best art direction. Um, we add the game that I was talking about by Anna. Well, the what with Annapurna, um, the Artful Escape, mm-hmm. which seems to be a really interesting game. Uh, I don't know that I would like it, but it would be certainly interesting to maybe watch. I think I'd. I think that's a game that I'd enjoy watching. Um, and then Kana, Bridge of Spirits. Woo! <laughs> Makes sense um, that it won Best Art Direction when the company making it used to work in animation before they did video games yeah um i mean for art uh, psychonauts to me is is a little uh it's um, got a, a it's tim a burton very, aesthetic yep. that, and i was gonna say it's very much a love it or hate it yeah too, i'm sure yeah. yeah you have to kind of be familiar with the creator of psychonauts mm-hmm. tim schaefer it is very much his style and there is that kind of tim burton influence but uh the art direction for psychonauts is is truly top notch what do they mean okay so i mean it says for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation why so so this isn't just this game is really pretty what 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 else what else what other elements are there for this that that's my thing because when I say best yeah. art direction, I'm thinking of really pretty games like uh, um, uh, Tales of Tsushima or whatever that game was called. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would it would win it for me for sure right. if it were like, that, thinking, that year and on this list. Um, I think the Pathless actually came out last year, maybe. But like that's a really pretty game to me. Um, yeah. Deathloop from the gameplay videos that I've seen don't really seem to have pretty scenery and 
so here's my comment on that actually and why I actually do to- like I wouldn't have thought so at first but I totally agree with it being on this list for the reason that it's it's one of the most interesting recreations of like mid-century modern architecture with kind of a weird like sci-fi vibe like i i absolutely love that they've brought brought like a 1970s kind of like bond spy thriller aesthetic to life in a very like high fidelity modern game like it's just it's awesome to see just the amount of like creativity and art that's gone into just designing all of the wacky furniture and like the weapons and everything like it's so unique and it's it's just a vibe like it it just conjures the image of like again a 1950s 60s 70s kind of like a frame cabin but with a bunch of cool like kind of uh spy thriller tech thrown into the mix Mm -hmm. so i really liked it for that that's actually probably my favorite thing about the game yeah in fact uh the art direction category is is very tough competition between all of those uh Mm -hmm. Art direction being kind of a hard thing to describe because it incorporates not only just the uh, visuals but the the aesthetic, which uh, kind of sounds the same, but they are doing different tasks for the uh, just the graphics themselves versus the right. the feel that they want to invoke, which would be the aesthetic that it tries to build, and all the games on the list do an excellent job of of making their aesthetic mm-hmm. but um, uh, this is a question for everybody except nick do, do any of you guys know what the artful escape is i no. actually not familiar with the artful escape but i think it it yeah. was a pretty recent release um yeah, i'm not it's, familiar with that it's a side scroller where you are a um, musician, you play like the rock guitar, and if you've ever played, um, I got kind of vibes that are similar to like, um, God, what's that game called? Um, Okami, mm-hmm. where you interact with the environment, and the environment will change colors. For instance, um, so. You playing music on your guitar, like you run around with your guitar and you can double or you can like glide through the air while you're playing your guitar. So you can jump and then you can strum your guitar and you'll like fly for uh, your, you know, glide for little ways. Um, you can play your guitar and other creatures in the in the surrounding areas will like um, uh, harmonize with you. And so it's very, very much about the music. And, you know, if you're in a dark cave, you strum your guitar and, you know, the algae and stuff light up to show you the way. Um, It's really interesting. Um, Sounds fun. Yeah. um, The art style, I mean, the art style in general is kind of... I mean, it's not it's not Kana, it's not Ratchet and Clank, um, but it's he's got a better nose than the Psychonauts, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like the the atmosphere, the the atmosphere of you know how the 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 art actually helps tell the story and progress the story, um, 
I thought about picking this one up um, just to kind of see what it's all about. I haven't seen, you know, how expensive it is or if what console I can get it on or whatever, but just looking at the screenshots of it, it that's what I think of when I think of indie games, like your yeah. journey or your, um, any of those side scrolling indie ones that are pretty popular. Like that's what it, it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, so there's no, there's no reason why, uh, anybody should wonder why it's also in the best score in music. Um, because it's all about the music. <laughs> um, with it are Deathloop, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Near Replicant version 1.22474487139, um, and Cyberpunks 2077. This is the first time that we get a look at Cyberpunk all of a sudden coming up into the categories. <laughs> Tyler. Yeah. The only thing it could be nominated for, probably. Well, and I was actually just going to say, we it, we actually see a pop up l- later, I think. Yeah, I and... think we do too. And that's probably more the category. Like, don't get me wrong. I actually do think the music is one of the better elements of that game. Um, and it was kind of cool just how many independent, like, musicians and uh, sound designers and engineers that they brought on board to, like, create music for Cyberpunk. Like, there are some legitimate, like, full tracks that I would download on iTunes and listen to from that game. And... I don't know if it would win out in this category, especially since, unfortunately, I haven't played Near Replicant. But I will say Near Automata has one of my top video game soundtracks of all time, hands down, easily, possibly my favorite. Yeah, I uh, think we like, plan on having an good. episode. We, we, we were talking about having an episode in 2022 about uh, music. Yeah. Game music. Some of the tracks in Nier Automata are like genuine works of musical art in my mind. And like say whatever else you will about that game. I don't care if you like it or hate it. The music is phenomenal. It's something very unique and different. I love it. They created a language specifically to create some of the the vocals for that soundtrack. And if Near Replicant is anything like or exceeding the quality of that soundtrack, that would be an easy win for me. But I do like Cyberpunk too. So I would I would have to hear the music from the Artful Escape, but uh I would kinda have to imagine Near Replicant would be the likely winner for the reasons Tyler stated. Uh, the music wouldn't be on any different level for that game than it would have been for Automata. And just for Guardians, James Gunn just gave the the script for how to make a good score for Guardians. So as long as you just copy <laughs> that formula, you're fine. It's, it's licensed 80s. Yeah. Like the big hits from the 80s so you know <laughs> as long as you can there. match those with good action moments like that you wouldn't expect then you're good yes mm-hmm. not to get that confused with the best audio design which is in-game audio and sound design so the score and music is all about the soundtrack and the original or licensed songs but then this is now just in-game audio and 
whatever a sound design is. Um, anybody have any comments on these? Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil, and Returnal. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> yep, Ratchet and Clank's got some good pew, pews in it, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I, I think they're also one of the only ones that uses the 3D audio technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I do remember noticing that. And uh, There's a reason Sony bought Insomniac Games. Yeah. And it is for whatever reason every time they that sony comes out with a console and sonic's the first game company that's able to really show off what it what kind of things you can do on it yeah i was gonna say ratchet and clank pretty handily of the ones at least that i've played or heard of it it would take my vote in this category mm-hmm. although i imagine there's some really impressive uh work going on under the hood as it were in forza horizon as well but... um do we want to talk about best performance um uh, more of the same we- yeah, yeah, quick notes that there are two Deathloop performers, so apparently some really good uh, voice acting in Deathloop. Yeah, the uh, it's your main character and the main antagonist, and because mm. that is all, all that the the dialogue in that game is is those two going back and forth. Yeah, their their banter really kind of keeps yeah, it just keeps it going, and it's kind of the driving force in a lot of ways from for the game from what I've played of it so far. I I really like all their dialogue and their banter. So. Your eleven foot woman from Resident Evil Village. Yeah. <laughs> now, it, yeah. I mean, this is actually not again having not played these games, but like looking at their reputations and what I've heard by them, this is this one is actually kind of close. Like I. Mm-hmm. I would be any of them are worthy to win, um, and we haven't talked about it. Far Cry Six, but Giancarlo Esposito, such a good actor. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's I, almost cheating to have him win it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's a little it's, unfair. Yeah, see, and that's I like. I would have to play Far Cry Six to see how well they utilize him. That's yes. really the question. Uh, uh, they probably kind of he's that, probably so. barely there. I, I know, right? Yeah. But see, and that's that's why, like, for me, it's like I would probably give it to Jason, or I I don't want to butcher her name, Ozioma. Yeah, how you'd say it. I anyway, the actress who plays Juliana. Like, I would probably give it to one of them, just of what I've experienced, because again, they're so integral to pushing that story forward, and they do such a good job with it. I guess as a tangent to this. I guess how soon until a video game shows up on the Oscar list for performance? <laughs> right. <laughs> they can't oh God, get can like, MCU movies. I I know like yeah. the comparison's not like exactly this same, but mm-hmm. like oh, they would throw an absolute fit. But oh, oh yeah. yeah, I mean they I were mean, having fits when Netflix movies were winning uh-huh. stuff. Aren't, but I'm aren't just thinking of comedy the... movies like considered like the ugly stepchild in in those awards too. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, if they're not category. even if they're outing like an entire category of actual movies, then no, mm-hmm. video games will never be. That's like rich versus really rich. So like <laughs> the rich, all all the rich actors are like, no, we don't want the really rich video games. Those pompous assholes. I, I guess it's more a question like. 
when do we get a really big name actor as a main character for a video game <laughs> and, and like the motion capture like for god of war or something or let's get uh samuel L. jackson out here and well i mean like they're not you know oscar uh worthy of performances but like the call of duty series always has at least one big name actor in it like i just finished world war ii and you can probably say josh jumel is not really a a-list actor but like he was in that one and then i'm pretty sure when i was still playing all of them regularly kevin spacey was in one of them he was in uh one on the ps4 as the as something yeah as some villain so like they're definitely grabbing the big names and if they put them on like a title that's not like a annual triple a title like, i could see them being really really good but something like uh, the Last of Us, mm-hmm. and their their kind of uh, motion capture they do for that, or definitely the God of War games motion capture, like it is really starting to blur the lines there. That's always my issue with the Uncharted movie. It's like the games themselves are so cinematic that like you're just gonna screw it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they really missed the chance right there for uh, continuing from Uncharted Four with the daughter. They could have gotten mm-hmm. uh, mm. kind of anyone really, and and get Nathan Fillion as the dad. <sighs> um, so the next one is uh, games for impact. Uh, so this is one more about. Thought-provoking, pro-social meanings, um, that kind of thing. So we've got a really interesting lineup uh, for a couple of these. We've got Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Life is Strange True Colors, and No Longer Home. Um, I saw some reviews about Boyfriend Dungeon that were not great. <laughs> I well, didn't have the chance to look into it very much, but I did see some rev- like myself. But there were a bunch of reviews that I came across just right off that said they were not great. I I don't know anything about it other than uh, there seems to be this genre of uh, there's like daddy dungeon or something. <laughs> yeah, the, yep. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's some kind of uh, gay leaning, like gay male gay leaning video game genre that's uh, pretty popular for a large subsection, and everyone seems to be having fun with them. I think it's just the idea of, you know, like you said, with this being games for impact, it's the idea of like, let's take a traditional genre like a dating sim and open that up to. Yeah, other, the, uh, from my understanding is that know, they so. do they do really interesting things with mm-hmm. that kind of trapping of those those game types. Right. But yeah. like, uh, friends. yeah, before your boyfriends in dungeons, apparently. <laughs> Well, like boyfriend dungeon is like you're dating the weapons, like what? Yeah, that's my understanding. Oh, okay, is the dating weapon, 
what what's a what how can you date a weapon what what well in the, in the dungeon you've never had a sentient weapon in the <laughs> D game brand yeah. <laughs> in the dungeon they're weapons outside of the dungeon they're your love interests it, i like i said i've not played it but from what i've just kind of heard off and on but uh i think there's some uh i i look forward to seeing what wins like yeah um before your eyes was an interesting one that you play kind of with camera access and the game advances as you blink right oh i'd forgotten that that was that one yeah i think that's 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 a really interesting and apparently it works really well uh the blinking works really well and i i'm sitting here blinking like three times a second and because my glasses are freaking fogged up and all that crap. Anyways, um, I was talking about blinking is making my eyes dry. And then uh, no longer home. So I don't know if it was just the particular cutscene that I was watching. It it does it. You know, I mean, all of these games are going to be mostly cinematic, right? That's there for the story, and that's mostly it. Which uh, if Persona Five, anyways. Um, <laughs> So no longer home the I would be curious to see where the story went and like what they talked about and all this kind of stuff. It seemed to be a little bit slow moving. I think that the impact and the the discussions were interesting and intriguing but it just took a long time to get you there if that makes any sense. Uh, you know, two guys, a guy and a girl were sitting by the fire and they were just talking and the guy kind of, I got kind of like, sort of like I'm depressed vibes, kind of looking for somebody to talk to about some of my issues. Uh, not really sure what my issues are. Um, have you ever wondered if we're not the only ones in the universe. Uh, I don't think I'm a man, but I'm not sure that I'm a woman either. Just sometimes I feel something in the middle or nothing at all. It was just, and this was all the same conversation. And so I just kind of am curious where they're going with all of that and what, what the meaning or the message is at the end of the game or, you know, throughout the game. So it just seemed that you know the the dialogue was slow you couldn't speed it up if you were a faster reader um the there wasn't a lot going on on screen um to keep you occupied keep you engaged when you're done reading uh, and you can't fast forward through it um or you know go at your pace um so i'm just really curious as to I'm going to have to look into it a little bit more because I am intrigued. So the feeling I get is it's kind of a coincidental that uh, before your eyes and no longer home kind of come out at the same time, they, uh, they kind of tell similar stories. Like uh, different approaches, but at the core, it seems that, life is always going to move forward and you're never going to fully capture what you want in any moment. 
Way to bring the mood down, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I didn't make the games. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, next category is best ongoing Apex Legends Final Fantasy 14. Uh, the game we're not going to talk about, Genshin Impact <laughs> and Call of Duty Warzone. I mean, we all know that Fortnite's going to win. They just have such a huge fan base. I don't know. Well, fan fan voting only counts for ten percent. So the jury, whoever's on the I guess that's true. That is true. If but mm, yeah, yeah. out of these, I suppose I'd toss my vote towards Genshin. I started playing Genshin. It was free on PlayStation Plus a couple months ago, and I've been wanting to play it. And so I actually started playing it yesterday for the first time. And I sent I sent you guys a message right after the right after I started. I'm like. All right, this chick is hot. This is my new favorite game. Um, no, it's like just, yeah, it's it's, it's cute. It's it, fun. it reminds me the art style looks like some of the later seasons of Ruby. Like yeah. it just gives me that same sort of vibe. I don't know if they use the same engine or what, but like it really seemed. Yeah, I can't wait until you find the real thirst traps for the game. <laughs> <laughs> I will keep you posted. Yeah, Brandon Fortnite didn't even win last year. That was No Man's Sky. Which <laughs> there's a bad I guy. have had a really hard time trying to get back into that. I've tried a couple times and I'm 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 just not seeing it. I'm just not seeing it. Yeah. I, I mean I, they, they've added a lot, but fundamentally the core gameplay loop hasn't really changed. So if that wasn't appealing to you before, it well, still the, won't the really core be. gameplay loop was was interesting to me. It was just I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's the story for another for another category because it's on here later. Yep. Um, My prediction: uh, Destiny Two will win this category next year after Witch Queen drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm kind of surprised not to see it on here. Best indie is the next category. Kena, twelve minutes. <laughs> twelve minutes. Death Door. Inscription. Uh, Loop Hero. I do kind of want to play both 12 Minutes and Death Store, but I don't really know that much about them. So um, I can really 12 contribute. Minutes is one of those games where I think are very short. Um, you make a couple of actions uh, and, or, or decisions, and then the, that particular story arc is over. You start over and you try something new. Um, apparently... The I saw the first two or three, uh, two maybe uh, loops through this, um, and after the second loop, the playable character himself seems to remember some of what had just happened, but he still he looped through time. So um, the the. Uh, thumbnail for the for the, for twelve minutes that you're looking at here is, um, the the man is the playable character. He's he's the guy that's being strangled by a police officer that's on top of him, um, and his wife is there face down on the carpet. Um, just the first playthrough, um, you get pretty much choked to death, uh, and then you wake back up and you're like, wait, why am I here? Why has none of this happened yet? Um, and my guess is that in this 12, you get 12 minutes of real time. Um, and in which case you have to like 
figure out why you know this whole situation is to you know um what's going on and how to i don't know get the story progress past being strangled to death so um the terrible version of groundhog day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um none of the other ones i know about and there's nothing there's no reason we need to talk about canada so let's just move on <laughs> uh, i i really want canada to win a, some kind of award but yeah the Kana is up against three Devolver Digital games. There's that's true. That's a very hard thing for to overcome. Yeah, to win an indie title against Devolver Digital yep. published games. Uh, Loop Hero has been insanely popular on on PC. Uh, Death Store has been a critic darling. I'm not familiar with Inscription, but uh that that publishing company just continuously knocks things out of the park like everything they they touch uh will find its niche mm-hmm. i honestly don't think i've ever played a bad devolver digital published game which is rare to say uh i kind of wonder what their worst reviewed one is even Okay, so the next one is best mobile game. I'm trying to work through these a little bit. Um, Fantasian, Genshin Impact, League of Legends, Marvel, Future Revolution, and Pokemon Unite. Having not played any mobile games, um, I mean, League of Legends versus Pokemon Unite, I mean, very similar, probably sort of gameplay styles in a way, since they're kind of by the same... Well, I don't know if Wild Rift. I don't know if that is just like a mobile version it, of League or not. It is. is it? Yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know how th- those play. I've not tried them on mobile yet. I really like Pokemon Unite. I'm not good at it, but I like it. Um, I don't know anything about Marvel or the Fantasian. Yep. Can't really comment on any of these. Too much mobile gaming. Um, best community support. Uh, obviously, we're all going to vote for Destiny 2. <laughs> um, but Fortnite, No Man's Sky, Final Fantasy XIV, and Apex Legends are on here. Um, I'm going to guess that I think that Apex Legends is going to win. Um, my vote would probably know. be for Destiny, though. I was just going. I'm yeah. just saying. I was just going to guess that that's. I what only know about for. Destiny just because that's the only game I care about. So I actually follow their community support, <laughs> right? And they're usually pretty transparent with that stuff. So that's yeah. always well, a, neat, in a terms way to of, pick them. I mean, there. So in terms of a community that listens to their fan base. The only game that I've ever heard of changed their game more because of people that were whining. Be- more than Bungie was No Man's Sky. Um, yeah, that's kind of why I would th- I would kind of think they would win. That's kind of I don't know if that would be my vote. How much have they guess. changed this year? I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, they- no Man's Sky is a very different game than the game that came out when mm-hmm. it launched. Yeah, um, that's for sure. And I don't know how to play it. Like it, the it's. I was third person instead of first. It was really, really <laughs> weird. And 
I none of the controls made any sense. Like it, it. I have to go into it pretending that I don't know what No Man's Sky is and just learn like something different. Um, but uh, yeah. So innovation in accessibility, Far Cry Six, Fours of Five. Marvel, Guardians, Ratchet, Clank, The Veil, Shadow of the Crown. Never heard of it. Yeah, I haven't either. I actually heard that. Anything about that. Okay, moving on. Yep, um, I was going to say, I don't really have much to say on that the entire category, honestly. <laughs> so. Best VR AR. Uh, anybody, anything anybody wants to say about those? Only thing I have to contribute here is just that the original I Expect You to Die, um, so the, the nominees are Hitman 3, I Expect You to Die 2, Lone Echo 2, Resident Evil 4, and Sniper Elite VR. Uh, I really, really liked the original I Expect You to Die. I've played through that. I Expect You to Die is basically like, imagine you're James Bond and you've been tra- trapped in like a super villain's like lair or trap that you've got to get out of or you're trying to carry out like a, a sudden death survival scenario. That's basically what I Expect You to Die is. It's really, really fun, just like throws you in a VR room and tasks you with like solving a bunch of puzzles to stay alive. So there's so it's a lot like of an time escape room. Uh, yeah, it's like an escape room. room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Also, I like that Hitman's um, thumbnail is just the Hitman game <laughs> with they just threw a headset on him. <laughs> I really hope that comes to so I'm really excited for Hitman 3 on Steam and I do hope eventually they release a VR version on Steam on PC when that comes out. I don't I want to say the VR was exclusively uh, PlayStation VR. That does uh, look like the PSVR headset. But that's uh, that kind of bums me out because I've, I've got a Rift. I want to play Hitman, and I kind of want to try the VR for it because I think that sounds cool. But I'll, we'll ju- see. I'll just buy a VR, and then you can come borrow it. and then Ah, there we go. Uh, best action game. Not to get confused with the next category of action adventure, um, <laughs> this one is focused primarily on combat. Um, Back for Blood, Chivalry Two, Death Loop, Far Cry Six, Returnal. Any comments? Uh, my only comment is if Back for Blood doesn't win this, I want it to win multiplayer because I want it to win something this year. Um, because it hasn't been out that long, and it's already probably my most played game of the year. I probably have like 50-some hours in Back for Blood. You know that um, your most played game of the year is Smite. Sit down. <laughs> that's true. Actually, yeah, Smite's probably beating out, but new game that I've only played this year, Back for Blood. I could see a, a good argument for Chivalry. Uh, just... Yeah. It's it seemed to really explode from the first one, mm-hmm. and uh, this is just an all around improvement by the looks of it, where uh, you just smack each other with swords, and with a very high skill ceiling. <laughs> yeah, the first I have tons of good memories from the original Chivalry for sure. And probably a very high uh, skill floor as well to even play it. Yeah. <laughs> I, sh- I sure ran into that with uh, Mordhau is another one that's similar to that. Man, I got my butt kicked in that game so hard. 
Okay, we're gonna try and run through some of these um, pretty quick. Whoops, I went too far. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the next one is best action adventure, and you can basically copy paste the game of the year because apparently yep. all game of the year <laughs> games are action adventure games. Just Except take... for Resident Evil Village. That's, that's no not Village really... was in Village, uh, Village was in game of the year. This is yep. all. F- oh yeah. Okay. This is no. You take well, Guardians out and put It Takes Two. That's the yeah, only switch. Yeah, that's the only change. Yeah, yep. that's what it is. Although that was an action adventure, I think it's got action in it. Kind <laughs> yeah. of. I think yeah. it's nominated yeah. under family, so I guess mm. you, oh. you can't have a family action adventure game. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Watch me. Yeah. Um. Then we've got best role playing. Uh, Cyberpunk is here again. Finally, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei Five, and Tales of Arise. Now, I, in terms of these it's five like games, the, uh, best anime game yeah. section. <laughs> um, in terms of these five, the only one that I really would want to play would be Shin Megami Tensei Five, but that's just Persona Five. So, mm-hmm. um. The Tales series is really good, um, and Tales of Arise sounded kind of compelling from what I saw of it. Um, so I definitely that's that's one I'd like to play. Monster Hunter Rise. I'm sorry, but I don't even call that a role playing game. Like I like that game. I like. Don't get me wrong. Well, I do really like Monster Hunter, but I wouldn't call it a role. playing If game. you look at the description of the category, best game designed with rich player character customization okay, and progression, yeah, including massively multiplayer experiences. Yeah, then that's, it qualifies. But the it's kind of that's an interesting definition for I guess it's RPG. not really like it doesn't fit the typical archetype yeah. of that genre. We, yeah, I I would give this to Cyberpunk, um, just in terms of what I've played because I do think you know I think it deserves something, and I think I think people that game has just gotten way more flack than it ever deserved. Um, it is still an amazing massive project, and despite what some people argue about the role playing. In terms of its ability to thrust you into an, a world that you would never otherwise be able to experience, and then letting you pick your actions and the way your character looks and feels and interacts with the world around you, like Cyberpunk is fantastic for that. So it would get my vote. Uh, now, then, this next one. Best fighting game, and why is the winner going to be Nickelodeon All Star Brawl? <laughs> uh, that's funny because you know when we you, we were hanging out this last co- couple weekends ago, however long ago, and James was talking about how like it was like not good but fun. Like, so I'm surprised yeah. it's even yeah. here. I I expect that game to be absolute trash but hilarious to play. Like exactly, every and character that's worth something. Every character probably has one super broken move that you can just string indefinitely. Mm-hmm. In terms of an actually like well designed fighting game, I'm not. A, I I can't speak to the design technicalities of like virtual fighter i just never really jived with that series i've played melty blood i've played guilty gear strive and uh have not played the demon slayer fighting game but i have to feel like i I don't know guilty say say the say the whole name uh demon slayer kimitsu no yaiba the hinokami chronicles (laughs) (laughs) um anyway guilty gear strive that's where it's at for me then a game that I have a few more things to say about than than just the titles. Best Family, as Jared stated. 
Yeah, Jared wins for best family. <laughs> uh, it takes two Mario Party superstars, new Pokemon Snap, and I did not actually realize that the name of the damn game was New Pokemon Snap. Oh like, God. <laughs> like yeah. the new Pokemon really Snap is. game is fun. You should play New Pokemon Snap game. I didn't realize the damn title was the new Pokemon Snap. I just thought, whatever. Anyways. They, um, they took their naming conventions from uh, Nintendo's console naming policies, <laughs> where they just straight up call it, like, the new Nintendo DS. <laughs> um, then we've got Mario World 3D Bowser's Fury, uh, which I would like to play eventually if I can ever get through any of my other Switch games. And then WarioWare, get it together. So that one has literally just come out. Um, it must have been hard-pressed for... Nominees and yeah, um, it takes two is pretty great. I mean, we've talked about it already. Mario Party Superstars, Mario Party has always been really fun, yeah. so I'm sure this yeah. one does not let down. Um, po- new Pokemon Snap, I'm sorry, does not belong on this list. Um, best family, best family that knows nothing about Pokemon, um, because. This game just, you know, when I'm thinking of family, I mean, okay, this is appropriate for family play irrespective of genre or platform, whatever. When I see family, I'm thinking like something that I can enjoy with my kids or, you know, the, you know, I mean, obviously family, right? So it's got to have something for the kids, got to have something for the adults, something for the adults. You're taking pictures of, of animals, like unless you're anyways. You can't make Pokemon evolve. Like, what in the hell? Okay, anyways, sorry. <laughs> I just don't think that this... Pokemon Snap just does not deserve to be on this list because if you played the first Pokemon Snap and you're a fan of the series and you come to this one, they have some cool things. They came out with some DLC that was pretty cool. I haven't played through it all the way just yet. But it just leads a little bit of that nostalgia to be wanted like it doesn't it doesn't scratch the itch as much as it should you know it's like hey can you can you scratch the itch on my back you know no more left okay now go in circles no you're doing it wrong just you're there but how are you not doing it but you're doing it at the same time that's what pokemon <laughs> snap is doing like like awesome. they're, they're in the, they're in they're scratching the itch the, the particular area of the itch but they're just not relieving your discomfort you make um, it sound like they they looked at the sales of the first one it's like okay we need pokemon and you need to take pictures of them and then just didn't pay any attention to what you did in the game yeah basically you know they they came out with a new i mean they've come out with a new idea of like this lumina pokemon where they shine and all this kind of stuff and there are some pu- there are some puzzles a little bit um there's still the collection you know they have different stars that don't make any sense you can have one through four stars um you could have a really shitty four star and a really amazing one star photo um and that you, you don't really always understand how to make certain you know, it's basically based on what they're doing and their and their you know their actions and their expressions and things, so it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Uh, and 
there's not a lot of replayability in the sense that if you want to try to make something happen, you go back through it and it, it's different. So you may not be able to make something happen because it's the Pokemon is just in a different spot and you can't get it to the spot in that particular round. So it gets a little bit frustrating when you're trying to kind of grind out some of those particular ideas or pictures and you can't make the same things happen every time. So um, I just think that it's, it just missed the mark is all. Um, It's a fun game and I enjoy it. But in terms of the fact that it's a sequel to a series, I think it just missed the mark. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Following up on that, we have uh, the best sim slash strategy category, which the only thing I'll say here is Age of Empires 4 out of all of these is the only one that I will for sure purchase at some point. I plan to as well. So I want you to play with you. Yeah. And then I also want to play Age of Empires 4 with you. (laughs) <laughs> well, Ooh. okay, okay. I should have waited for the the second part to that. Now I've uh, I, I've 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 <laughs> signed a, a check that I'm not sure my body is prepared to cash. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jared, take the next one real quick. Uh, best sports racing, F1 2021, FIFA 22, Forza Horizon 5, Hot Wheels Unleashed, and Riders Republic. And Which, surprise, surprise to no one that Madden is not on here, the glitchy as fuck game. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised FIFA's on there. Like, any of those games that are, have annual releases, they always seem to be copy-paste and never that innovative or mm-hmm. good. So, Riders Republic uh, looked interest, interesting, though. Do you think that this makes you want to pick it up more? Because when, when, when we first learned about Riders Republic and we're coming out with an with a idea that we were, you know, that this game looked fun and interesting and you wanted to play it. Does this make you want to play it more now that it's been nominated for best of something? It makes me more hopeful that it gets thrown into the PlayStation Plus free lineup. <laughs> okay. So, um best multiplayer, so we've got Six games here. Back for Blood, Knockout City, It Takes Two, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, Valheim. I played <laughs> Knockout City. It's fun. Apparently, we're really terrible at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to try Knockout City, um, so I'll have to join you guys for that sometime. But I will say there's no way anything on this list is going to be Back for Blood for me anyway. That, <laughs> that takes me back to the golden age of the mid-2000s playing Left 4 Dead with my buddies, so... The fact that it's accomplished that means it wins. I've heard some good things about New World, um, mm-hmm. but that it falls into the trap of most MMOs and that it just, it kind of, once you've done what you can do, it kind of, there's not a lot of bringing you back. And I feel like new MMOs kind of always have that learning curve before yeah. they get really humming. I kind um, of wish. Expect uh, Valheim to to be the winner there, though. Uh, just kind of really exploded in the online spheres. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, skipping the next one, going to best debut indie. Um, Kena, Artful Escape, Kena. Forgotten <laughs> City, Sable, and Valheim. 
Um, I could see Valheim winning here, kind of based on what Nick was saying. Like, like if if Kana, like Kana should win something in my opinion, but maybe I don't no. know if here's the best spot. So I mean, yeah. indie and debut indie seems kind of <laughs> weird. Like I guess this new independent f- studio would mean like this yeah, would be their first game. First yeah. game, yeah. Which I would love to see more out of Ember Lab. So if if an award can give them mm. more reason to make more games or more money or something to make more games, then absolutely give that to them. Yeah, um, I agree wholeheartedly. Yep. Yeah. Um Okay guys, that's see we could we could go to yeah, just most anticipated game. It is probably yeah. um <laughs> We're gonna. Do you want to talk about the last category as our outro? Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, Jared, hit us with the socials. Facebook Small Constellation Podcast, Twitter at Small Con Pod, YouTube Small Constellation Gaming, and be on the lookout for an It Takes Two video on the YouTube's. Yeah, and uh, when I feel like it, I stream on Wednesdays, Wednesday evenings. Oh, I gotta add that to my rotation. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, on the Twitch, Peaches Brittany. I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah, what's your streaming name so they can find you? The Peaches, uh, the Brittany. Um, no. Um, yeah, reach out to us. Let us know what your game of the year that you want to, you're most excited to win, or what? Which which one has your vote? There we go. That's what, what, that's the word vomit. We'll probably <laughs> cover the actual winners after the awards drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um okay, we'll see you next time. Thanks guys. Bye. Peace out. Um all right, what's what's your most anticipated game? So there's five here Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon, Forbidden West, the sequel. <laughs> like how they just say the sequel to Zelda. I think that's the big clue that they are uh formally announcing the game at okay. the yeah. so before show. Okay, so the last one is Starfield. But before we announce <laughs> what our winners are, um, let me just tell you what the nominees were for last year. Mm-hmm. Elden Ring, which one? Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> God of War sequel. <laughs> the Legend That's of Zelda incredible. Breath of the Wild sequel. Oh, God. Halo Infinite, which kind of half came out. Yeah. yeah. And then Resident Evil Village. So... One okay. of the Game of the Year nominees this year it was actually one of the anticipated ones, but everything else is the same carryover. Yeah, <laughs> those delays hit everyone hard. Yeah. Anyway, I'll let I I know what Evans is, so I'll let him go first. I mean, yeah, it's it's God of War. Um, I I accidentally fell down a little rabbit hole and wound up in like theory land about like you know what could happen um which led into this weird little section of youtube about like norse myth and how you know ragnarok is a beginning as much as it is an end and what that can mean for the franchise and you know will kratos die and will we continue with just atreus going forward um and there's there's a rumor going around that well actually i think they confirmed that ragnarok will end their time in the norse mythology but it sounds like they're going to move somewhere else. And now the big speculation is where they're going. Egypt. That's my, that's, hope. that's everyone's main hope. 
I don't Ooh, want to. Cool. I don't know if I want to see them do Egypt, but yeah, I don't mean... kill Anubis. <laughs> Anubis. No, he's OP. <laughs> it's the only way to stop him. We need Kratos. I kind of, I kind of want them to to like take a, a page out of Assassin's Creed's book and be like, you know, we're gonna go to some mythology that's not really covered, um, mm, yeah. or on the flip side, you know, go to a mythology that no one cares like if, if if they go murder the roman gods i don't care that's just murdering zeus's cousin maybe they can do uh like the aztec ones See, oh someone that's mentioned, an underutilized someone mentioned aztecs and i was like that's a good idea but it's also kind of like colonial white dudes showing up and slaughtering a bunch of brown people so i don't know if that's a good look <laughs> Um, I just realized that uh, I ha- I could start streaming uh, me playing Horizon because I haven't finished that the first game yet. Um, <laughs> that would be I also have favorite. not finished Breath of the Wild um, and need to, but I got really upset at the whole um, weapon durability. Yes. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Dude, that, I have decided in retrospect that single mechanic keeps me from liking that game more than other Zelda games in the series. Mm-hmm. Like, if you if it didn't have the dumbass weapon durability mechanic, I would love that game, and it almost makes me not want to go back and play it. It's that intrusive. Uh, I think it's just, it's too, to too short of a durability meter. Yep. Yeah. I, my stance from a game, like honestly, it's the one thing. Like I, I see why durability mechanics are in game. In games, it's the one thing I will never, ever. If I ever design a video game, fuck weapon durability. It's not <laughs> going in there. I don't care. Haters can hate. I hate weapon durability in any game. I kind of think played. the only one I, I really tolerated was Fallout Three because you you find more of that item and it repairs it. And it's like, yeah, that, that fits the setting. I'm okay with this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I do think that, that it's intrusive how much, how quickly items break. Well, and it just makes you not care about the items you find. You know, it's like, oh, great. Here's a, I just beat this really tough dungeon. Here's a sword that'll fucking break in five hits. Like, I don't give a shit. Just give me like, like I will literally use weapons that have like the, the internal hoarder in me. If I find a really nice weapon, I'm like, I can never touch it. It's my precious. It must stay like, like, like intact and complete. And I'll like, I'll just burn through like 50, like throw away. Oh God, just don't get me started on it. I hate that mechanic so much. (laughs) Anyways. So we, we, we went on a couple of soapboxes. So, um, yeah, I think forbidden West would have my, vote just because i really like the first game haven't gotten very far but i really like it and i'm really excited to see where it goes so just horizon in general for me i think would be my vote on this but if elden ring won last year i'd be curious to learn more about what it's supposed to be oh it's it's gonna be a lot like it it, it'll be slightly easier i think than the dark souls games Okay, but never it's mind. basically yeah it's you you won't like it it's <laughs> it's exactly like i guarantee Thanks, you won't like it I appreciate yeah it. <laughs> it's 
it's dark it's it's just dark souls by another name um in a slightly more open world kind of setting instead of a more tightly designed kind of interconnected dungeon world it's more like sandboxy um but yeah if you didn't like the the the, the difficulty and basic mechanics of the other dark souls games i don't think you'll like Elden. Um, I'm very excited for it, but uh, Star- <clears throat> I think Starfield is actually uh, the one I'm most anticipating. Um, just because if it somehow manages to capture some of the magic of like Skyrim, uh, it's been a long time since we've had... Uh, well, I, I, I liked Fallout 4, but basically Fallout 4 was the last like mainline Bethesda RPG that we had. Um, and I'm ready for more. And so Starfield gets my vote. I'm kind of with Tyler on that one. Uh, just anticipated in the sense of our, that's what their first new IP in a while. Yeah. And, yeah, in a long while. In terms uh, of a new IP. I think this, this one's been in development for six ish years, if not slightly longer. Uh, when did Fallout 4 come out? 2017? No, 2015. So this has actually been uh, seven years in development then, because it comes out next year. Um, and my final prediction, um, assuming that one of these games actually um, doesn't get delayed again and gets nominated for a third straight year, um, my guess is that Spider-Man 2 will win this category next year. Oh, hmm. next year. We are going to hold you to that. <laughs> I'm putting on I'm record. actually surprised that like uh, Miles Morales was not in this. I was too. I, I had that thought yeah, when I first pulled it up. Hmm. I guess snub. Yeah, maybe a little bit. It's it's in a weird spot. It's slightly more than a DLC, but slightly less than a full standalone title. Better than a lot of full standalone yeah. titles, though. <laughs> so, yeah. man, I heck, I I honestly think I ended up enjoying Miles Morales. Oh man, that's a tough call. No, no, I'm gonna say it. I think I enjoyed it more than the base game, honestly. You heard it here, folks. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, not being all the way through the game yet, I am having a much more fun time with Miles Morales. But that may also be because Spider-Man was kind of a learning experience where this is now. I know what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, um, And it's a little bit more of a concise, streamlined game, yes. in a sense. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Kind of I... gets to the high points right away. The uh, story for Spider-Man was was done really well. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I just kind of wish there's a slightly longer story for Miles than what we got. Uh, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't bad, but it, I don't think it was on the same level as the first one. Story-wise, maybe. Oh yeah, like but... that first one. Yeah, but I just, I can't get over the, ah, like, the moments where, like, the music and Miles' like, acrobatics combine to give you moments, like, out of, uh, uh, into the Spider-Verse, like, like, it, like, you capture some of that feeling in the game, and it's just, oh, it's so good. 
So here's my Spider-Man prediction for next year. <laughs> Th- I I think this will be uh, our first Miles in the Venom symbiote suit. Yes, I do know Venom yeah. is coming. I I think uh, Insomniac will have the guts to put the symbiote on Miles for the first time. Anyway, let's get out of here. <laughs> yep. Bye. That's been for Evan. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Brandon's gonna have.